0: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome in, Connor Rogers, SNY analyst and co host of the NFL Stock Exchange on Pro Football Focus. He joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Connor, Larry Hardesty and the Big Apple. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Larry. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, enjoy your work. Uh, you're working with two guys that I had the chance to cover and they're good friends in. Uh, Willie Colon and Bart Scott and I know Steve Gelb so you guys do a tremendous job on the post games on SNY during the football season I enjoy it
2: thank you so much Larry it's a blast with those three uh really Bart. a lot of laughs Gelb drives us the right direction and we can't wait to be back pretty soon for an exciting
1: season kind of one of the other jobs co-host of the NFL stock exchange on pro football focus I guess I'd have to say that the running back stock is down now huh
2: yeah, it's a crazy market, right, especially where it feels so relevant here in New York with Saquon Barkley's issue, but now it's a national issue. When you hear guys like Austin Eckler speak up against it, it feels like every year we're talking about top-tier players in the draft that fall way too far in the draft considering their talent. The position is just in such a fascinating place right now, Larry. When you cover it like I do from the draft and you see how it develops at the pro level when guys are up for their payday and don't get it, uh, this is an issue that's not going away anytime soon.
1: Kinda, of what can be done? I mean, it, it it's hard. Do do we start the 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 running backs in the draft at a different salary structure? Do we try to get them let them come out a year early so they could begin their their NFL experience earlier? But on the tail end, when they gotta be, you know, renegotiated with their contracts, you still have the same issue, right? Right. And here's the the
2: roadblock out of the gate is that the CBA exists as it is right now, meaning that nothing can really be done unless both these sides went to the bargaining table and decided to really change something. And when the players ask for that, we know how the CBA negotiations go, especially as we've seen lockouts in the past. The league will ask for something else. So that's problem number one. And problem number two like you hinted at, what is the actual solution here? I think that's a big issue. Is it incentives-based? This is something we talked about in NBC today on Chris Sims' podcast. We were looking for solutions, and we said, is it an incentives-based situation where some of the top performers in the league get incentives that do not affect the salary cap? Is it shortening the structure of their rookie wage contracts, where we know first-rounders are locked up for four years, and then they have the fifth-year option, and then two franchise-taggable years? That's seven years of team control. Do we change that for running backs, where Maybe the fifth-year option no longer exists. Maybe the franchise tag needs to change for running backs as a whole. Or, uh, once again, do you just let them opt out? Do you cause teams to have player options that are more inflated? There are so many problems with this because if you treat one position differently, it can kind of cause a stir. But this position is in such a bad place that they have to do something. And, unfortunately, them banning together, I don't know how much that's going to do. The reality is Josh Jacobs He's not showing up to play for the Raiders anytime soon. He led the league in rushing last year. Saquon Barkley, the heart and soul, and the entire offense for the Giants right now, he's not showing up to training camp either. They didn't sign their franchise tenders, so they're not going to lose any money until week one of the season when they can come back. But those teams need those guys fully ramped up. And if they come back for week one after no training camp, that's just impossible. So this is a big-time issue. And the reality is we're not getting a solution to this issue this season. I'm not really convinced that we get one next season either.
1: And the other thing, Connor, about this is it costs a lot of money for you to hold out, and after you sell what happened to Le'Veon Bell, are you willing to risk a year of your career that you may not get back?
2: Right, and that's the problem, too. I don't think any of these guys are, by the way. I think that's the big question everybody has. Are they really Are they really going to take a stand and not play? Well, I don't think that's even financially responsible. This is still a lot of guaranteed money in a one-year window. The only leverage they have is to not show up for camp, and that starts to scare the coaching staff. It starts to kind of raise a distraction for the rest of the team when all the questions for the guys practicing on the field are about guys that aren't. And reality is then they'll just come back for week one so they can collect all those game checks, not miss any of the money, not deal with any fines, but it doesn't help anyone, right? You have a player that's not fully ramped up. That's not going to help the team for the month of September, in my opinion. And then for the player, they're in a situation where they got no financial security uh, beyond this season. And that's the lingering issue here. When you look at what Green Bay did with Aaron Jones a couple of years ago, they essentially gave him a contract extension that was buying out two franchise tags. And Jones took that because he said, listen, this is two years of top-guaranteed money. That's great for me. And for the team, they said, two years for a running back that's so valuable to our team, that's great for us. It's a little surprising that the Raiders haven't found something like that with Josh Jacobs. The Giants haven't found something like that with Saquon Barkley. And this is something that's going to continue when more extensions come up. The Chargers have this problem with Austin Eckler, uh, who's not happy at all. Even after getting a little more money, he's still vocal about how unhappy he is with his current situation.
1: Connor Rogers is my guest, SNY analyst, co host of the NFL Stock Exchange on Pro Football Focus. It's the Dan Grosser Show, Hardest Dying for Dan on 987 ESPN. All right, Connor, let's talk a little Jets, shall we? Uh, let's begin with the offensive line. And obviously, that is the number one topic for this team. Uh, the situation that's gone on with this, this, this offensive line, Makai Beckton. Give me your thoughts about this offensive line and, and what, what can we expect from him this year?
2: Well, they need them to stay healthy, which is the obvious, right, because they're always in a situation where it feels like they're kind of playing Tetris with this unit, moving one guy to a different position, notably Elijah Mira tucker who played almost every single position on the offensive line last year besides center. And he's so good that it didn't matter. He really excelled everywhere. But you'd like a young player to settle in, and it gives continuity for the rest of the unit. So you brought up Becton, a guy that has not really gotten to play a lot of football the last two years, somebody that it feels like they're working at both tackle spots, Uh, They're going to let him compete with Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown has not been healthy enough for training camp. That's a big piece for them. Dwayne Brown, though, he's solidified at left tackle. It's his job to lose in Robert Sala's, you know, not exact words, but pretty much what Salah's hinted at the entire spring and now into camp. So you have Dwayne Brown on the left side, Becton competing. Lakin Tomlinson was given a big free agency deal over a year ago. He's back at left guard despite struggling last year. Center's a wide-open competition. you got the second-round rookie in Joe Titman, who has a really high ceiling with the kind of athlete he is and pass protector he is. Connor McGovern, last year's starting center, who was solid, back on a very low-money deal. Of course, Elijah Vera Tucker back at his right guard spot now that he's healthy again. And then right tackle's a big question, right? You have the young player in Max Mitchell, who uh, got shut down last year with a blood clot issue. You have Billy Turner, an old Aaron Rodgers friend from the Green Bay. Maybe Beckton gets in the mix there as well. There are a lot of moving parts here, Larry, and that's what training camp is for. But you want that solved in training camp in the preseason. You don't want that to linger into the regular season. And that was the exact kryptonite of the New York Jets last year.
1: No question about it. Kind of this offensive line is intriguing to me for another reason. I was talking to Willie Colon about it yesterday. And that is normally you would say, hey, listen, we got a veteran quarterback back there you know, unlike the rookies or young quarterbacks tend to hold on to the football too long to make sure what is open because what's open in college is not what's open in the NFL. So they hold the ball and hold the ball. Say, well, a veteran quarterback's not going to hold the ball. He's going to get rid of it. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been known to hold the football a little bit, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, So, you know, while you would think with a veteran quarterback like that, the offensive line knows we only have to block for X amount of seconds. He's going to get rid of it. That's not That's not necessarily the case with Aaron Rodgers.
2: You're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that. Rogers likes to hold the ball. It's probably what led to him getting banged up a little bit last year as well. And then, you know, when you look at that situation, it makes you wonder how are they going to work to make this offense a quick passing game and really pick their spots when to challenge down the field where the play taking much longer to develop. And I think, That's a big part of him being reunited with Nathaniel Hackett, where some of their moves in the offseason kind of hinted how important the screen game and the extension of the run game is going to be. I think Sonny McCole-Hardman was a big Mm -hmm. sign of that. They want him involved in the screen game. They are going to play a lot of tight sets. And what I mean by that is the wide receivers playing very close to the offensive line with Alan Lazard and Corey Davis, Corey Davis still on this team for a reason. They think those two guys can be two of the best run blocking receivers in all of football. When they've been healthy, they have lived up to those expectations that we've, we've tracked that at pro football focus. They've been great blocking in the run game. So you have those two big bodies uh, on the outside helping out there as well. And then, Here's the big one. Aaron Rodgers did not look the same without Devontae Adams last year, and nobody would. I'm not calling Garrett Wilson Devontae Adams, but you look at the way they went off the line of scrimmage. Quick feet, really good routes. They know how to sink their hips. They catch everything. They're acrobatic. I think Garrett Wilson will really draw a lot of confidence from Aaron Rodgers that he did not have in the young Packers wide receivers last year, and that's something that you can get the ball out as well. And to your overall original point about the offensive line and a veteran quarterback helping things, That is a big key here, sliding protections, communicating, understanding where everybody needs to be. That was something that seemed to be a problem with Zach Wilson when he was on the field the last two years. That will not be a problem with Aaron Rodgers. So that gives this group maybe a little bit of a higher floor, and I'm excited to see how it plays out.
1: It is going to be interesting. There's no question about that. And two more on the offense for you, Connor. Uh, You know, we've always talked about this Jet team. Boy, we wish they had a tight end. Boy, we wish they had a tight end that was involved in the offense. Well, they got a couple of them that were involved. Conklin did a great job last year. Uh, and now you can expect, I guess, even more from the tight ends this year, yes?
2: Larry, if I had a dollar for every time my dad said that growing up about this Jets franchise, I wouldn't even have to work in sports right now. And finally, this is a well-rounded tight end room. You look at the money they spent a year ago on T.J. Uzama. Uh, who's banged up right now, and, of course, Conklin, who a lot of people think can be Rodgers' equivalent of what Robert Cunyon was in Green Bay, a similar player in that regard. That gives a really high ceiling for Conklin in year two as a Jet. And the guy ha- I have my eyes on, I really think he can win starting reps. I really think they'll play a lot of two tight end sets, but this guy should get on the field in that kind of role because of his blocking and versatility and size in the red zone. Is a local product in Jeremy Rucker from Long Island, drafted out of Ohio State. He had a a foot issue throughout his draft process that kind of slowed down his rookie season, didn't give him the typical OTAs and training camp that a rookie would have. He flashed in the preseason. He didn't get on the field a lot until the last game of the regular season last year. I thought the film looked really good, especially what he could do in the run game as a blocker. They're going to need that edge. And everybody said throughout the spring, that was that one jet drive, how good this guy looked in OTA practices? Can he carry that into training camp? If he can, Ruckert is the sleeper of that group that can ultimately be their long-term starter in that tight end room.
1: Uh, Connor, obviously everybody's looking forward to seeing Brees Hall return. If not, two-parter for you, is there a scenario where you see the Jets making a move for Dalvin Cook? That's A. And B, could Michael Carter come back? I mean, he was so... He really didn't give you what you thought he was going to give you last season it was kind of a disappointment for him
2: it absolutely was i'll I'll, you know let's get it back to number one here with cook and i think with Brees, you know this is a situation where number one him being full throttle in september that's a lot to ask for a guy that's game is based off of a lot of speed this dude can get to the edge turn the corner and outrun really erase angles for safeties we've seen those long home run runs from Brees, especially in the denver game you want him back full throttle, and you also don't want him to wear down as well in September. So I don't think there'll be a big workload for Brees Hall in September. The Jets think they're going to be competing into January this year. They want the full Brees Hall for November, December, and beyond. So I think they are looking for an answer right now of, hey, who can pick up the slack if we're not turning around and handing the ball to Brees Hall 20 times a game, including throwing to him as well. And You bring up, you know, Dalvin Cook. That's a situation where I think the money would have to come down or his market right now. And and that's the state of the running back position right now. (laughs) Cook is going to have an interesting decision to make because he's going to come down to a decision where either, you know, he doesn't maybe play this year or he just takes whatever offers are on the table. And I don't expect that money to be as high as what we're accustomed to seeing for guys that are not far removed from being star running backs. So now for the Jets side of things, you want him there soon because, like you said, You're trying to get a guy that can carry you through the month of October when Brees is really fully ramped back up. It's Brees' show. And you bring up Michael Carter. This is an interesting one for me. Michael LaFleur, their offensive coordinator last year, was predominantly an outside zone running game. Carter does not have the size, strides, or bursts to consistently get to the corner and and create uh, angles for himself and create running lanes. Hackett's a little bit more inside zone, and Carter's a guy I've always said can get lost behind the line of scrimmage in a good way. You can't really see him. He's a one-cut kind of hit-the-hole guy and really sneak and get skinny through rush lanes. Well, inside zone rush attack help Carter? It's his best shot. But like you said, there was not a lot of promising signs last year. He's been banged up every time he's had to be the workhorse back. You go all the way back to college at UNC, he shared a backfield with Javante Williams. He is not meant to carry that workload. He may be a third down back at the next level. So is a young player going to step up? Is it Bam Knight, the undrafted free agent from over a year ago that flashed last year? Is Izzy Abanacanda, their fifth-round pick out of Pitt, who, listen, he's still 20 years old. He hasn't turned 21 till October. He's got four three wheels. This dude can fly. He scored 20 touchdowns, ran for over 1,300 yards for Pitt last year. He's just young. He needs seasoning. He needs coaching. He needs a little bit of time. But he's the most talented guy in that backfield right now when Brees is not ready to roll.
1: Wow. Connor Rogers is my guest. Connor, uh, quickly on the defense, give me your concerns about the secondary.
2: Staying healthy, right? Staying healthy in the middle of the field. They, they were a healthy unit last year. DJ Reed and Soft Gardner were phenomenal. Michael Carter really was a, a really solid slot player. Uh, for them, the corner group was great. Losing Chuck Clark at safety is a blow because they liked his stability to play downhill in the box but also communicate on the back end. So will Adrian Amos be okay next to Jordan Whitehead? I don't think they have a lot of range in this group, Larry. So that puts a lot of pressures on the corner to limit the spacing for the wide receivers. But those guys are so dang good. If anyone can do it, it's them. So the safeties need to communicate and just play sound football. They don't need to be superstars and playmakers because they have that much talent at cornerback right now.
1: Biggest thing you need to see, Connor. last one, from uh, the head coach this season. What's the biggest thing you need to see from him to improve on?
2: Aggressiveness, honestly. Mm. He's done a good job of this but really putting it in his words right all gas those are his words right now and you need to play like every single game is a playoff game it's aggressiveness go for you have Aaron Rodgers back there go for it on a lot of fourth downs you don't always need to play the game of hey our defense needs to be perfect to win right you just don't need to do that anymore i'd like to see this team be aggressive on offense I'd like to see them be aggressive on defense and create more turnovers. This defense was great last year, but they did not create enough turnovers Mm. that you would expect of a playoff championship caliber defense. That's the step they need to make. So Robert Sala, those in-game decision-making, they have a deep analytics group. They run the chart. They try to tell you when to go uh, forward on fourth down, but you got to have feel for it. I think he showed flashes of that at times last year. Now it's time to really take that huge step, and I like Robert Sala. I think he's ready for
1: it. A lot of pressure on that young man this year, Connor.
2: <laughs> a lot of pressure. Listen, this Jets team has not been in the playoffs. They have the longest streak in sports right now tied with the Buffalo Sabres. So that is a list you don't want to be on. They got to end that this year.
1: Connor, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Good talking to you, and we'll, we'll keep watching you on SNY and keep checking you out on this on the Pro Football Focus.
2: Larry, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you having me. Have a
1: good night. Uh, you too. Connor Rogers. Interesting conversation. We'll get your thoughts on what he had to say next on 987 ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grasser show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Uh, with the safeties, that that's if you're if I were a Jet fan, that's where I would be really concerned. Is that secondary and what are the adjustments that Sauce Gardner is going to have to make? Everybody had a total off-season to make adjustments to the way he covered folks. A total off-season. And now, how is he going to make the adjustment? Because people are going to try to do different things for him. To him. Okay? They're going to try. And how does he deal with that? How will he remain effective? Now, hopefully, they'll get a pass rush, and they'll make things a little easier on them. But and he and DJ Reed had a phenomenal season last year. Okay? But ultimately, and you know how I feel about the Jet defense. I tell you, that that's the identity of this team is the defense. And it's not even close to me. You know, I get Aaron Rodgers, but it's that defense for me. And so how will they... Be able to make the adjustments, and as he mentioned, will Robert Sala be more aggressive and start to make a move on some of these on some of these down in distances? Will because he's got to. This this is make or break for Sala this season. Okay, it's make or break. Because if they don't make it, they're not going to blame Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers will be blameless. (laughs) It's going to be Robert Sala. I'm just telling you. That's who it's going to be. It's going to be Robert Sala. Very plain and simple. That's the name of that tune. Peter's in Jersey. What's up, Peter? You're next on 98.7.
0: Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, first, I want to make a comment. I think Saquon is worth every penny that he's probably asking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to ask your opinion on several things. Uh, do you think, number one, that he's just a product of the current economics, meaning uh, that uh, since the Giants had no option but to pay Daniels all the money that he was asking for, they now have a tight budget, and obviously uh, they had no options. If, uh, if they didn't sign Daniels. I mean, who else were they going to get? With Saquon, the current market for running backs, there's quite a few of them out there, and obviously they're they're not the caliber of Saquon, but for the money, half the price or whatnot, the drop-off between Daniels and the next best thing versus Saquon and someone else out there, that's number one. Number two, what would you be willing to give Saquon if you were the Giants' ownership? And the third question is, what do you think Saquon's market value would be out there in the open market?
1: Um, uh, Thanks for the phone call. I would, and maybe I'm crazy, I would at least have given him two years, let's say 24 million, and $16, 15, 16 million guaranteed. And I know people are like, what? <laughs> really? I mean, McCaffrey got what, 16 million? And he signed that, what? Three years ago was that contract? 2020? Something like that? I mean, from what the reports are, the Giants and Saquon were $2 million apart. $2 million apart. You mean to tell me you couldn't come up with a deal that would have got him $2 million guaranteed? That would have made the difference? I mean, really? They're not that tight. They're not struggling that way. And once again, that may not be the real number, but that's the number that was reported. That's what I'm basing it on. If that's what you're telling me, I guarantee you they could have gotten it. Whether he's worth on the the open market, (laughs) I can't tell you because the the running back that led the league in rushing right now has just left camp because they don't want to they don't want we'll give him an extension. Let the league in rushing. Left Vegas. It's got to change, ladies and gentlemen. It just has to. We'll continue the conversation with you on ninety eight seven ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grosser show on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Back to the phones we go. Chris is in Beth page. Chris, you're next on ninety eight seven.
0: Hello, how you doing?
3: Um. Listen, um, I've been listening to all the Saquon talk. I'm a big Giants fan, season mm-hmm. ticket holder, and everything, and I love the guy. Do not get me wrong. But let's face it, the running back position is so changed now. And the reason, unfortunately, for these guys is look at the draft. How many running backs get drafted now? When Saquon got drafted second overall, mm-hmm. everyone's a set. And then Ezekiel Elliott, when he got drafted high, everyone knew that was a mistake. Carolina couldn't wait to get rid of McCaffrey they made a mistake they signed him to a lot of money and they traded him to San Francisco Mm -hmm. so my point is and like I said I love Saquon it's nothing to do with him at all it's just that position it's antiquated it's 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 almost becoming like driving a horse and buggy when the cars came around because
1: you know Chris Chris, let me ask you this if it's antiquated if it's antiquated he was 40 percent of your offense last year You don't make the postseason. Daniel Jones doesn't get that contract without Saquon Barkley.
3: Wait, it's not adequate. Hold hold on. What? Just like I said once again, I'm a longtime Giants fan. We've been horrible for ten years. What changed significantly in the beginning of last year? What changed significantly?
1: Significantly, head coach.
3: Of course, that's it. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to. So Saquon didn't have anything to do with it? it. He had something to do with it. Of course he did. But look at, in the playoff game when they beat Minnesota, Daniel Jones, the only player in NFL history to rush for two touchdowns, a whatever, 70 yards rushing and throw for 300 plus yards. He's the only quarterback that ever did that in the history of the playoffs. Him, Daniel Jones. It wasn't because Saquon So he doesn't need Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying he doesn't. So don't put words in my mouth. But that's what you're saying.
1: You're telling me that he did all that by himself.
3: uh, Listen, in the playoff game, did you see Daniel Jones what he did? Uh, I did.
1: You know, I watched the game. All right. But I, I'm okay. submitting to you that I don't think they would have got there. That that would never have happened without Saquon Barkley having the season he had. That's
3: I'm, all I'm saying. I'm submitting, I'm submitting to you that coaching makes all the difference in the world. It does. That when they but right, talent helps so, you also. Of course it does. But that's okay. the unfortunate part for, for the unfortunate part for Saquon. All right. So let me ask that. you this, Chris. Yeah, and I yep. understand
1: you're a Giant fan, and I understand that you love Saquon. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I get it's it. True. Okay, if he doesn't play this year, do you think that you will be as successful with that with the team as he offensively as he as you were last year with it? If he's not there, I'm going to
3: tell you. I'm going to tell you yes, and this is why. This is why they they have a better offensive line now. They they finally have a decent offensive line. I think Evan Neal's going to step it up. I like the center that they drafted, okay? They got the tight end. If he stays healthy, Waller, they're going to have two good tight ends, and it's becoming a tight end league, by the way. Talk to Patrick Mahomes, who's the one guy who can't do it out, Travis Kelsey. It's becoming a tight end league, okay? And they got a lot more weapons now to go with Hodgins and, you know, the receivers, they have much more receivers. It's a throwing league now.
1: Look at Do it. you Look, think that right. now Daniel yeah. Jones no. will be – do you think Daniel Jones, based on that, Chris, and then I'll let you go yes. after you give me an answer. Do you yep. think now that means that Daniel Jones, now that he's going to get the ball down the field more, will have the same little amount of turnovers, or will he have more turnovers? Because you're trying to I get think, the ball down the field.
3: Right. I think he'll he'll be fine with the new coaching, with the coaching, the way he's been coached. Uh, he only had five turnovers last year, right? But he was he
1: down but he it. didn't have the weapons that you're talking about. So he had like a short game. He also only had 13 touchdowns which is not a lot in the throwing league. Okay, so once again, my issue with what you said, Chris, the only issue I had was that you're saying the running back, the running backs are becoming obsolete. And, And that's far from the case. Just take the L. You know, that's far from the case. And listen, we can agree that whether you think it, you know, it's good for Saquon or what do you, whatever you think about it. It's okay. I get it. And you like him. And you've made that clear. Okay? I get it. But we can't, you know, we can't ignore what Saquon Barkley meant to this offense last season. You can't. You can't do it. He meant a lot to that offense. Anthony's in Brooklyn. What's up, Ant?
4: Hey, like, Great show as always. Thank you, my uh, Yeah, a couple of points. First off, yeah, I mean, I'm not a Giants fan, but I watched, I think, every single Giant game being in uh, New York, and they absolutely don't even sniff the playoffs without, you know, Barkley last year. I mean, if, if you're watching the games, you can see that. I really thought that, you know, when they sent when they signed Daniel Jones, that they were going to do both of them together. Because I think the whole continuity with the both of them would have been great, but listen, I, I've been saying for years what the NFL needs to do, and I hope they get to it sooner or later, is they need to take the quarterbacks out of the salary cap. They need to have the quarterbacks by themselves, and then I think you can do, you know, what you need to do for the rest of the, you know, for the rest of the team. I think it's getting to the point where so many teams are trying to, you know listen, you know better than me, you get a quarterback, you got that four-year window, five-year window, and then what do you wind up doing? They wind up running all the running backs because they don't want the quarterback to get hurt, and they want to try to find lightning in a bottle before they have to pay the quarterback to try to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just like to see them get you know, the quarterbacks out of the salary cap, and then I think the whole NFL would be better overall.
1: I hear you, Anthony. Thanks for the phone call. I still, Even with the quarterbacks out of the salary cap, though, uh, Daniel Jones signing didn't cause Saquon Barkley not to get his money. It's the position. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but even the position is the reason why he didn't get his money. It's because running backs right now are, you know, especially when you get to that age, 25, 26, ah, no, you know what? Nope, nope, it's going to be down. I don't think it's going to work. No, you're, and I get there have been some running backs whose production has dropped, no question. But there's been quarterbacks production has dropped. You don't see the quarterback scale dropping, do you? I don't. Adams in Jersey. What's up, Adam?
2: Hey, how you doing, Larry? Good. Uh, I was just calling that uh, the whole thing with Saquon, and to me, the biggest problem with the running backs is you don't know, have like many teams back. You know, ten years ago, five years, they used to have a single running back that was like, you know, you know, that was it. Now you, so many teams have two, three running backs. You know, I'm a Forty Nine er fan. So a lot of times I had Debo running the, the ball with McCaffrey. There's not that you know you don't have have that single back like Saquon was. And mm-hmm. I, I, to me, I just think that Giants fans are delusional, thinking that they're going to get all this production out of Saquon. You need him. You know, without he's like your your linchpin. Without him, your offense is not going to go anywhere. think?
1: well, I'll say this, Adam. Thanks for the phone call. I think they're look their offense is going to improve. Okay, and and just like the caller said earlier, Waller, if Waller stays healthy, he is a world-class tight end. There's no question about it. No question. The, The question here is the way they handled and coached up Daniel Jones last season with the short passing and the RPOs were perfect. That was just what the doctor ordered for them. Okay, it kept the turnovers low, kept time of possession on their side a little bit. But what happened is when they really needed, in some cases, to the, the problem is they can't be behind because they weren't able last season to get the ball down the field consistently where they would score touchdowns. Now they hope to improve that this year. Waller, tight end, some other receivers they've got. Okay. But for me, it would mean that Saquon Barkley would still be available. He would still add to your offensive versatility. I mean, they bring in James Robinson. They bring in Cole Beasley. They brought in other players since they turned down, since Saquon's held out. I mean, they have to pay these guys, don't they? And once again, if it's $2 million difference to keep the continuity going with their offense, you can't Pay them, give him the two million? Is it is it really that it do you expect his drop off to be that significant where you're saying, you know what, we we just we, we're not doing it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a loss. We don't believe, in other words, what they're saying, we don't believe he's gonna have a couple of years like he had last year. He's done, we'll we'll pay him this year, he are coming to the franchise tag. We want him, we love him. We love Saquon. He could come in under the franchise tag. We're good. He could run for us this year. And then let's say he has another great year. What happens next year? Franchise tag again? They could. They could easily. Then what does he do? Yeah, but there's 12 million guaranteed, Larry. Okay. Gets hurt. Then what happens to the next contract? That's the issue. They have no leverage. There's no negotiation. Really? We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. To be-